Welcome to Passion. For more information about Passion, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. Just kind of fight that there is is a girl fight, especially when you mess with the ladies' kids. It's on. I mean, you don't want to get in between them and their kids. And so I encourage you to fight like a girl. And then last week, we didn't take quite as far of a, of a logical leap. I encouraged you to pray like a girl. And, uh, and so last week, I just said, you know, we need to pray like a girl. Girls pray persistently. This, I don't know about this, Danny. This thing is going to drive me nuts. We'll see. I'm going to try to hang with it because I need both hands this morning. But uh, uh, girls know how to pray. And haven't you recognized in your own church experience that it's usually the little old ladies that know how to pray and it's the old men that know how to golf? I don't understand that. Um, I, I just think this church is going to be different. I believe that God is raising up some men of God that are going to be prayer warriors and that the women may lead us. I'm going to have to switch, Danny. I'm going to go back to this thing. This thing's going to come off on me. Um, the, the women may lead but, uh, oh, now I'm all messed up. All right, here we go. I'm just going to stuff it. Y'all don't pay any attention to that thing down my back, all right? Uh, the women are going to teach us how to pray and, and, and show us, but the men are going to step up and join them, amen? And so this week we want to con continue, and, and if the truth be told, uh, this morning's message was really the uh, central piece of this whole series. When, when I began thinking about this series and knew that this was going to be our second birthday, this was the message that I built it all around. And so this morning you got here on the right time at the right place. And so this morning what I want to do is I want to challenge you to serve like a girl. Everybody turn to your neighbor and say, serve like a girl. Serve like a girl. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Genesis chapter 24. We're going to read an account from Genesis chapter 24 where we see this uh, truth brought to light, and I want us to learn some girl lessons this morning out of Genesis chapter 24. We're going to begin in verse 1. It says this, Abraham was now an old man. God had blessed Abraham in every way. Abraham spoke to the senior servant in his household, the one in charge of everything he had, and he said this to him, put your hand, I don't, this is kind of odd, but in the day, this is how you made a vow, put your hand under my thigh and swear by God, God of heaven, God of earth, that you will not get a wife for my son from among the young women of the Canaanites here, but will go to the land of my birth and get a wife for my son Isaac. The servant answered, but what if the woman refuses to leave home and come with me? Do I then take your son back to your home country? And Abraham said, oh no, never, by no means are you to take my son back there God, the God of heaven, took me from the home of my father and from the country of my birth and spoke to me in solemn promise. He said, I'm giving this land to your descendants. This God will send his angel ahead of you to get a wife for my son. And if the woman won't come, you are free from this oath that you've sworn to me. But under no circumstances are you to take my son back there. Let me just stop there and say something there's something in this passage, I don't have time to preach it this morning, but there's something right there in that passage that speaks to parents about leaving your children behind in the land. They are part of our destiny, they are part of our heritage, and we can, we've got to come to this place in our own parenting and our own spiritual journey where we absolutely refuse to leave our children behind. Your child may have rebelled, your child may be backslidden right now, but there comes this moment as a mom or as a dad where you've got to stand up and say, uh, I refuse to leave them 
behind. And that's what Abraham did. And so the servant put his hand under the thigh of his master Abraham and he gave his solemn oath. The servant took ten of his master's camels and he loaded them with gifts from his master. And he traveled to Aram, Naharam, and the city of Nahor. Outside the city he made the camels kneel at a well. It was evening, the time when the women came to draw water. And he prayed, Oh God, God of my my master Abraham, make things go smoothly this day. Treat my master Abraham well. As I stand here by the spring while the young women of the town come out to get water, let the girl to whom I say, lower your jug and give me a drink, and who answers, drink, and let me also water your camels. Let her be the woman that you've picked out for your servant Isaac. Then I'll know that you're working graciously behind the scenes for my master. It so happened that the words were barely out of his mouth when Rebekah, the daughter of Bethuel, whose mother was Milcah, the wife of Nahor, Abraham's brother, came out with a water jug on her shoulder. And the girl was stunningly beautiful, a pure virgin. And she went down to the spring, and she filled her jug, and she came back up. And the servant ran to meet her and said, Please, can I have a sip of water from your jug? And she said, Certainly drink. And she held the jug so that he could drink. And when he had satisfied his thirst, she said, I'll get water for your camels too. Until they drunk their fill. And she promptly emptied her jug into the trough. And she ran back to the well to fill it. And she kept at it until she had watered all the camels. The man watched silent. Was this God's answer? Had God made his trip a success or not? And I don't want you all to tell anybody, but men are slow sometimes. Um, That's what he had prayed for. And when it happened, he says, "This, this is what I had asked for. And when the camels... Had finished drinking, the man brought out gifts, a gold nose ring weighing a little over a quarter of an ounce and two arm bracelets weighing about four ounces, and he gave them to her. Some girl lessons this morning on our two-year anniversary. This girl served with excellence. I want you to get the picture in your mind of what Rebecca did. Uh, the Bible says that at, in the evening hour that Rebecca came out from her house, probably just outside the gates of the city where there was a well, and she took a water jug. Now, this water jug isn't going to quite do it because the water jugs that they carried in that day were probably more uh, close to where they would contain about five gallons of water. So this one's just a little bit small. But the Bible says that when she walked outside the gate, she was going to get water. And the Bible says that she went to the well and she dipped it into the water and she got water and she pulled it back up. And then when she got it up, she was minding her own business. When this servant came by, the Abraham servant said, can you give me a drink? He says, she says, absolutely, I'm going to get sopping wet this morning. And she said, he said, absolutely, and, and so he took a drink. But then the Bible, I want you to show, I want to illustrate for you how she served with excellence. Because the Bible says that as soon as he took a drink, she stepped up and she said, can I get water, water for your camels too? And I want you to notice what happened. The Bible says that when he said yes, she took the, the water jug and she poured it out into the trough and the bible says that she ran she just didn't walk back to the other to the well she ran back to the well she got more water and she ran and she emptied it over and over and over and over again until the bible says that the camels had their fill interesting this morning 
She did what was customary. You understand that it was customary in that day that when a stranger came to a well with no ability to get a drink for him or herself, all he had to do, and they were obligated almost, it was just a customary expectation to get them a drink of water, and that's what Rebecca did. But something happened in Rebecca's spirit because the Bible says that when she looked around and saw that he had ten camels and that the camels were thirsty without being asked, without being given a job description that said you're supposed to take care of this without any expectation of reward. She was not promised a tip. She wasn't promised any pay. She wasn't promised any uh, uh, compensation. The Bible says that basically what happened is this spirit of excellence rose up in Rebecca and she turned and she ran and got water for the camels. She had a spirit of excellence about her. She went above and beyond what was expected. She went above and beyond what everybody else was willing to do. She went further. And so I want to challenge you this morning that we must become like Rebecca and serve with excellence. She wasn't required to do this. May I just remind you this morning that we love to quote 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 because it, we like to quote it, we like to sing it, because it tells us who we are. It's the first part of the verse, you know it. But you are an elect race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession. And we get to that part and it makes us feel good about ourselves. But what we also seem to fail to realize is that in the last portion of that verse, it doesn't just tell us who we are. It tells us how we are supposed to conduct business. Because it goes on, and he's, this is our job description. He says, so that you may show forth the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Teaches us who we are. Teaches us how we're supposed to conduct our life and to do our business. Teaches us that when we go about our daily life, we are actually showing forth the excellencies of God. In other words, when, when we serve, when we work, when how we do in school, this is why I'm after Christian young people that you ought to make the best grades, the best grades that you can make. And you may not be the highest grade in your school, but you ought to make the best grade that you can make. At work, you ought to be the best employee at your job. In your community, you be, ought to be the most servant-hearted person in the whole community. Why? Because as we serve, it shows off God's excellencies. In other words, when we're serving people ought to begin to scream, God is awesome. When they look at us, they begin to brag on us. We ought to be able to stop them and say, you don't understand. If you think I'm something, you ought to see who I'm serving. We ought to serve like a girl. Daniel served like a girl. In Daniel chapter 6, verse 3, the Bible says this about him. Describing Daniel, Daniel, it says, he was preferred above the presidents and the princes. Why? Because he had an excellent spirit in him. May I remind you that Daniel was in a hostile environment. He was in captivity. He was a slave. This was not a comfortable environment. This was not his home environment. In fact, the Bible teaches us that in this environment, mediocrity was encouraged. Excellence was not expected. Conformity was expected. They, they said, why don't you eat the meat and drink the wine that everybody else is drinking? But the Bible says that Daniel had an excellent spirit about him, and he refused to be like everybody else, and he refused just to slide by like everybody else, and he refused just to get by just with the least effort that he could. He went the extra mile, and the Bible says that Daniel was promoted because of his excellent 
spirit. I want to say to you this morning that your environment may be tough. Mediocrity where you work or where you live may be encouraged and expected. Maybe everybody else gets by with the least effort possible. But as a child of the king, we've got to learn to serve like, the, like a girl and understand that even if all that is accepted and even encouraged, that we must raise the standard. Jesus teaches us, commanded us to serve like a girl. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 41, he said it like this. He said, if someone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. Serve like a girl. Some of you have been waiting to be asked, but Rebecca teaches us, if we're going to serve with a spirit of excellence, that we don't need to be asked. I don't need somebody to say, can you go get me water? Can, can, Steve, can you go get me a drink of water? I don't need somebody to say, can you go empty the trash can? I don't need anybody to say, hey, could you go grab a vacuum cleaner? Could you mow the yard? Could you work with the young people? Could you do outreach this week? I don't have to have anybody ask me that because if I see a need, it's my responsibility to fill it because I'm serving like a girl. So some of us have been waiting for people to beg us to serve. No, 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 we're not going to beg you. If you see a need, fill it. Some of you have been thinking that nobody else sees your service, but can I tell you this morning that God sees because the second lesson that I want to teach you this morning is that the girl that served was rewarded. She's the one that was rewarded. Notice, if you will, that she it was after she had served that the servant stepped in. Not before. He didn't break out the gold and the jewelry before. After she served, she was rewarded. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 1 through 4, we have a, a promise from God. It says this. It says, be careful not to do your acts of righteousness before men, to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. Then he goes on and he says this. He says, when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by men. I tell you the truth. They have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be insecure. And then here's the promise. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you openly. Think about that a moment. Anytime that you're serving God with excellence and you're doing things above and beyond what you've been asked to do, when you're serving for God and not for men, at the moment that you step in and begin to serve that way, God will reward you. Can I say it like this? Those that serve, those that serve are seen by God and those that serve, see God. Stephen Furtick just preached a message recently. Max told me about it, and I finally got to listen to it last night. But he had told me about a point that Stephen Furtick made in his, in his sermon. He was preaching about how Jesus turned the water into the wine, and he made this statement that I never really thought about it before. He asked this question, who got to see the miracle take place? All the people that drank the wine out front? No, they didn't know anything had happened. Who who saw the miracle take place? The servants that were willing to grab the jug, go to the well, and get the water. And the Bible says that Jesus turned the water into wine, and they watched it happen. Those that served got to see the miracle. And what I want to say to you this morning is this. Service opens up our eyes so that we can see God. If you want to see God work on your behalf, get off your rear and begin to serve. 
Did I say that? Did that come out of my mouth? Did I say that in public? I thought I said it out loud. I just wanted to make sure my thoughts, sometimes there's voices going on in my head. I thought I said it to myself. Get off your rear and serve God. And when you do, at that moment, God, you will begin to see God work on your behalf. We can't, we can't guilt God into working for us. We can't twist. We can't manipulate God. Well, if I serve hard enough, no, no, no. There's just this promise that when we do something for God, He always responds. Service opens up our eyes to see God. I want you to notice something about this thing that happens in Rebecca's life. I want you to know that, yes, her reward was tangible. But there was a lot more to her reward than just the tangible gold and jewelry. You do understand that there was a blessing that came into her life much later after she was gone. You do understand that Jesus comes down through the lineage of her husband and her favorite son, Jacob. And so therefore, we can make this leap in our spirit and in our mind that if she had just been lazy that day, her destiny would have been missed. If she had just been selfish that day, self-centered that day, too distracted that day, too busy that day, too exhausted that day to serve with excellence, there is a very real possibility that the lineage of Christ would have bypassed her family and gone through another family. Her reward was based upon her obedience. She served with excellence. I've got a question for you this morning. What if your destiny could be gained or lost by one moment of excellent service? What if your legacy and mark on history could be forever lost due to unwillingness to serve, due to busyness, due to distractions, or some other excuse as to why we can't volunteer? I'm not just talking about here. I'm talking about out there. What if we lost that mark on our lives because we didn't serve like a girl? The third thing I want to show you out of this story is this. This girl did some heavy lifting. We must remember that this servant had traveled a long distance. When he arrived at the well and met Rebecca, he'd been traveling for days. One commentary says that they believe he had traveled for 17 straight days to get to where Rebecca was to find her. He arrived at this well with 10 camels. They were loaded down with supplies according to God's word. And most likely after 17 days of travel, they were thirsty. And so one man uh, does this calculation that I want to show you here in a second, but I want to say something to you really quickly. Service isn't always easy. We, we like to think like this, I'll serve if it doesn't cost me anything, if it doesn't cost me any sweat, if it doesn't cost me any blood, if it doesn't cost me any tears, then I'll serve. If it's convenient for me, then I will serve. I want to say to you this morning that service will sometimes require heavy lifting. There will come moments where, where there, it will be a strain and it won't be easy. Listen to this calculation that, that this man did. Okay, there were 10 camels. The average camel, when it's thirsty, really thirsty, will drink on the average about 40 gallons. 10 times 40 is 400 gallons. Now, the common jug of the day, as I've already stated, was bigger than this one. It would hold approximately a... Uh, Five gallons of water. I don't know how she lifted it. I just know that the Bible says she did. She would carry it to the trough and she would empty it. Do you reckon, recognize that five gallons of water weighs eight pounds? Well, big deal. 
Okay, let's do the math. I'm not good in math, so I'll, I'll work with you here. So every camel had to have 40 gallons of water, which required 80 trips to the well. One gallon of water weighs eight pounds. 400 gallons of water equals 3,200 pounds of water. So I want you to get this in your mind and your spirit. Rebecca made approximately 80 trips to the well, carried over one and a half tons of water, and, it, and one man estimates that it took her at least two hours. She came to the well in the evening at the end of the day when she had already done all that she had done through the day, was probably tired, ready to go home, get on the couch and watch a little TV and just veg out. And yet what we see is that this girl was the man. She was the man. And say she was a man. I said she was the man. 80 trips to the well, a ton and a half of water, because she had a spirit and a heart for service. Trip after trip, the Bible says, until the job was complete. She didn't quit halfway. She didn't stop when she got tired. Nobody helped her. She stayed there and got the job done, even though it was tiring and painful. Serve like a girl. When the job gets hard, when it's tough, when you want to throw in the towel and quit, when you've changed the last diaper in the nursery that you ever want to change for the rest of your life, keep serving. When you've greeted and smiled at the last person that you ever want to smile at, keep smiling. When you've played the last note, sung the last song that you ever want to sing, keep singing, keep playing. When you've dealt with the last parent of a teenager that you ever want to see on the face of the earth, Woody, keep dealing with parents. When you've reached out to the last kid in the apartment complex, when you've gone to the last door and they've slammed it into your face, when you've handed out the last meal to somebody that's hungry and they don't receive you, when you're serving God and you're exhausted, when you're tired, when you've brewed the last cup of, cup of coffee that you ever want to brew, just so somebody else can have a nice experience, serve like a girl. She's got it. We got to serve like a girl. It's going to get heavy, y'all. Can I just clue y'all in? I resign every Monday morning. There's some heavy lifting that's gone on for two years. I haven't done it all by myself. We're going to talk about that in just a moment. But there's been some heavy lifting to get to where we are now. I want to tell you that hard work is holy work. And if we are going to accomplish anything for the kingdom in our community, which I believe we are, I see. I believe we're seeing the first fruits. I believe we're seeing a tithe. We're, we're seeing the very first fruits of what God is going to do in our, in our community. Danny woke up at 2.30 this morning. God gave him this big, long word that I'm not going to take time to read to you this morning. We'll do it at some other time. But basically, it tells us that he is positioning us right now to reap a harvest in our community. And the only way that that happens is if we keep working, keep serving. If you're not serving, you're late for work. Can I say it to you like this? If you're not serving somewhere, you're giving God a bad name because we show forth His excellencies. The Bible very clearly states that when they see our good works, then they will see God in that order. We do good works, they see God. We do good works, they see God. We do bad works, they see God. I just wanted to encourage you this morning. 
to keep serving. You will be rewarded. Your service allows God to, others to see God and makes it possible for us to see Him. It is tough work. But hear me this morning. When you serve, it's God work. If you aren't serving like a girl, it's time to learn some girl lessons. Even when the lifting gets heavy. Now, today is a a great day of celebration for us. We turn two. I am not believing for terrible twos. I'm believing against terrible twos. I am holding on for terrific twos. That's right. All right. But I want you to. T- I want to tell you what happens in situations like this. I want you to know that we are where we are, and we only exist because of some certain individuals in our body that have served like girls. They've gone above and beyond everything we've asked them to do with no promise of reward, and they've done some heavy lifting. And what happens in environments like this, it's already happened all week long on Facebook and email and phone calls, is what happens when we have a celebration like this, Julie and I get the credit. I don't understand why that happens. It just happens. I've gotten phone calls and emails saying, good job. And what I always try to do is shout back, we didn't do this by ourselves. It was accomplished by people that did a lot of things in secret that you don't even know about. And we want to give credit where credit is due. There is a small group of people here this morning who probably put Rebecca to shame. It's just that they haven't been written about in Scripture. And I want to draw some attention to them this morning as we end our time together in celebration. So I want to ask these people, if they will, to join me and just stand here facing me. Tim and Cheryl Hooper, I think they were probably, y'all come on down. I know y'all hate that kind of stuff, but y'all come on down. They were probably the first couple that agreed to join us at Passion and been, have been longtime friends. I won't tell you how long because we look so young, I don't want to confuse you. Danny and Esther Nix, y'all get right out here and face me, if you will. Danny got to come off sound for a few minutes and <clears throat> quit pushing buttons and come on. Mike and Tina Baker. Are they in here? Yeah, there they are. Phil and Kim Wilkerson. Myra Watkins. There she is. And then uh, John and Michelle Chastine couldn't be here today. They're in Missouri at a family outing, so we'll take care of them later and bless them as well. This this group of people here there were that gathered in January of 07 I want you to understand that these people risked everything some of them risked ridicule and anger I, I know y'all don't understand that but some of them had friends that were not happy that they were coming to do this uh, some of them have left their comfort zone to help plant passion and basically I just want you to understand this. Basically, you are enjoying the fruits of their labor this morning. Where you sit, the style of service, all this had to happen. I know we just think we just show up and it's here. No, this was months and months and months and months and months of hard work. They've worked with excellence. You see the excellence every Sunday that you're here. They've worked with integrity. They've done some, some real heavy lifting at times. Most everything... You need to understand that most everything that I read as we got ready to plant this church said 
that what you're supposed to do is as soon as the church starts, we're supposed to dismiss all of them and, and not get rid of them, but push them out of the way because they would become a clique and nobody else could help. And I said, I know them better than that. And I trust them more than that. And so I think we've made a great decision by leaving them in place over the last two years. And they have served this body and served you faithfully as the leadership of this church. They've provided great direction and decision and just done an outstanding job. So we have been meeting over the past few months and we decided, came to a corporate decision together that it was time to disband as a core team. And that's what we're going to do this morning. And you say, well, why? Does that just release them from service? Absolutely not. If they try to get out of service now, I'll kill them all, and then we'll come back and do a funeral. <clears throat> I know where they live. In fact, really, the reason we're doing this is because what it really does is it releases them to now find places to serve where their passion is. See, what y'all don't understand is some of them did things at the beginning of this church, and some of them even still doing things they didn't want to do. See? They didn't even want to do. They didn't even want to do some of the stuff they did. But you know why they did it? Because they have a spirit of excellence and they serve like a girl. They saw a need. They knew it had to be done. This is going to release them to do some of the things that they feel passionate about. And so they're not free from service. I'm just freeing you guys to do what God's called you to do. All right? And so I want you to know, Julie, come here. We want you to know that um, we love you guys very much. And we will always, forever, eternally be deeply grateful and indebted to what you've done and the service that you've given us. There's this law. It's called the law of celebration. I want you guys to understand this. This law says this. What you fail to recognize, you will fail to celebrate. And what you fail to celebrate will exit your life forever. And so I want you to understand that we are celebrating these folks right here because they served like girls. They pulled heavy. They pulled hard. They did late nights. They, they worked physically, spiritually, emotionally, financially. They gave long before some of you ever gave and have continued to do so. And we want you guys to know that we are sincerely grateful. And so if you would, I want to give you an opportunity. Would you guys like to express your thankfulness to this group right here because they've done such a great job? Y'all turn and look. Amen. You may be seated. We appreciate you guys. We're going to give you a gift this morning, two, two gifts. Um, one is a little bag, just kind of as a token of our appreciation, just to let you know how much uh, we appreciate you. And uh, I'm not going to run the suspense of what's in there, but once one of you open, the rest of you are shot. So you better be quick to open it fast if you want to be the first one. But I also talked to the uh, finance team, which when you take the core team members out was me and Mark, and we came to an executive decision <laughs> that what we're going to do is we're going to take you guys to eat one night all together. We're going to go like Japanese is kind of what I'm thinking. And so uh, we'll find a night where we can all get together and we're going to go out and take you to a nice place to eat. We just want you guys to know that we love you very much. And so what I want you guys to do, I want you guys to back up a little bit and open up because... Um, one of the reasons that we did this is because we felt like that God had brought us, thank God, he's brought us to this place where there were other people that were coming up to the top in leadership and beginning to serve and give their heart. And as we began to discuss how we would go forward as a church, 
one of the things that we felt like we needed to do was to expand and broaden our leadership base and get more insight from from other people, basically those that are really starting to really get things done around here. And so um, what's happened is there's this group of people that have come behind what these people started, and they begin to establish, build on the foundation for what they started. So we felt like it was time to elevate these new people into leadership. The people that I'm getting ready to bring up here from this day until whenever, uh, we'll figure out when that will happen, until uh, Jesus comes back, maybe, I don't know, um, uh, will be in leadership and will help us. We're going to start calling them the Passion Ministry Team. Some of them you will see. There's some overlap, which we did on purpose. But basically what's getting ready to happen is these folks, although they're already doing this, are really going to do some heavy lifting. And I believe what's going to happen is they're going to take our church to the next level. So I'm going to call them up. Tina Baker's going to continue. Come on up right up here. Tina's going to continue to lead our prayer and prophetic team. Uh <clears throat> Kim Wilkerson's going to continue to lead Passion Kids. Woody and Jesse Burpo are going to come on the leadership team for Fuse Youth. Which I'm really, I'm excited about all of it, but I'm really excited about that because I served as a youth pastor for eight and a half years, and I never had any voice into the leadership of the church. So this is a new day, new way of doing things. Uh, Betty Polisino is going to lead our greeter team. She, well, she already does, and she does a great job. She's where? Oh, she's serving out there. There she comes. If y'all turn and look at her, you're going to embarrass her to death. So don't. I'm going to move on so they won't embarrass you, Betty. All right, Betty's coming. Esther Nix is going to continue to serve with our ushers, and she does a great job with that. Danny Nix is going to continue to head up our tech team. Dustin Turner uh, is heading up our cross-out outreach team. He's been responsible all summer long for the dog days of summer. We're really proud of him. And Carlene Arthur is coming. Uh, she is working with our pod ministry. And then finally, um, I'm really excited about this one too. This is a brand new announcement for us. We've been praying about this for m about seven or eight months. And finally, I believe God has sent us the right couple to do this. Chris and Keisha Fritch are going to lead our Fuel College and Singles Ministry. So if you guys will come on. All right, those of you that I just called out, if you kind of turn and face me, get out here and face me, we're going to have prayer over you, kind of a commissioning prayer. Um, Mike, Myra, if you guys would come help me real quick, would you get this jug and fill it with water right there and get as wet as I am? All right. Basically what hap is happening this morning is we're giving you guys the jug. These folks that have served so faithfully in these leadership roles are basically passing this jug to you and we commission you to serve with excellence with passion with integrity and with honor understanding that the way you work and the way you serve reflects on him and so we release you to serve faithfully basically what's getting ready to happen is um, in a real way this pot is changing hands but the purpose is the same yeah I get it this the purpose of this is is this we're trying to take water to those that are thirsty. That's what we're trying to do. When it comes right down to it, that's what this is all about. All it's about is carrying water. So what I want you guys to do as best you can, I want you to get a hand on this pot. All right? And I want the core team that is left standing, if you would come in behind them, I want this congregation, if you will, to stand. I want you to stretch your hand towards these individuals. 
John Maxwell says this, everything rises and falls on leadership. The destiny of our church is wrapped up in this group of people. We need you to serve as well, by the way. But in real ways, in manifest ways, how far we go is, will be determined by how well these people serve. And I want us to pray over them right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I commission this ministry team to show forth excellence. God, I pray that in the, the heavy days, the tiring days, the days that they feel exhausted and they're not sure they can go on, I pray that they would recognize that they can do all things through Christ that strengthens them. I pray that in the name of Jesus, they would serve with excellence, with integrity, with honor, and with passion, and they would take this body, we're depending on them, that you would allow them to give us insight and wisdom and hear the voice of God, and together we would lead this body of believers to new heights and new levels. We commission them, O oh God, to be powerful leaders in the kingdom of God and to establish his kingdom in this place. And Father, I pray that they would be find ways to take water to those that are thirsty and father i pray that you'd raise up new leaders to serve alongside them and to strengthen them and to hold up their hands and father we pray that you would do this that you would grant us this oh god i pray that you'd protect their families i pray that you'd protect their children i pray that you protect their hearts and their spirits and we would operate and serve in a spirit of harmony and unity and father we'll bless you for it in Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. The new leaders, if you would, would you turn and face this congregation? I want you to get a good look at them because if you got complaints, <laughs> come straight to Woody with them. No, I'm playing, I'm playing. I do want you to understand that this is, your, this is the group of people that represent you. If you have a heart for this church, for this community, you have a direct pipeline into the direction and the voice of the, and place of this church, and I encourage you to take advantage of that and let us hear your heart. But let me tell you something. These folks can't do it by themselves. You know why they're where they are now? Because they came behind the core team and began to serve. I want to say to you this morning, if you're not serving, you're late. If you're not using the gifts of God in your life, you're giving God a bad name. And I don't know about you, but we've been blessed over the last two years to try to give God a good name. I believe we've done that, and we're going to continue to do that. But I want you to personally give God a good name. We're going to do that as we serve together. Find a need. There are needs. Find a need and fill it. And when you do, I promise you, you'll see God. He comes through every time. I'm going to pray over you. We're going to do two things. One, as you leave, get your cookies and drive card. Two, make your way to the back and get some birthday cake because I know it's good. Can we say thank you so much for being with us on the two-year anniversary of our church. We believe that the best days are way out ahead of us, and we're just tasting and seeing right now. As soon as I dismiss you, all the college students, I want you to hang out because we're going to give you away some good stuff. And so I'm thankful the college students are back. Are y'all thankful the college students are back? And we just believe that Chris and Keisha are going to take this ministry for our college and singles to a new level. we got some great plans out there, and they're going to do this drawing here in just a moment. But let's pray together. Father, I pray that you would send us out of this place as people who know how to serve with excellence. I pray that when we go back to our job tomorrow, the boss will be amazed by how hard we work. 
I pray that we wouldn't see how little we can get by with. I pray that we wouldn't abuse the time clock. I pray that we would go above and beyond what we've been asked to do and what's on our job description. And I pray we would even do more than we're paid for. So that they will ask us why. And when they ask us why, we can point attention and direction to you, oh God. And say it's all about making my God look good. He's awesome. And Father, I pray that when we get tired, and when we get exhausted, you would encourage us to know that you see us and that our heavy lifting makes a difference. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you for what you're going to continue to do. We bless you in advance for the lives that are going to be changed for eternity. And we'll give you all the glory. This is about you. This is not about us. In Jesus' name, amen. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion. 